life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 100th episode of the glory in our stories where guests share the details of their personal journeys. So about three years ago, I started a podcast with the assistance of my iPhone and access to SoundCloud. I wanted to capture the essence of people's stories by having face to face conversations about the makings of who they are. My first guest, episode one, was Alicia Hatcher Freeman. She told the story of her journey through foster care, molding her into the woman she became. I have her back here for the latest episode, bringing everything full circle. Check it out. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Um, I'm your host, Calvin Pinewell Jr. Um, for those of you who are listening, this is the 100th episode. Um, and I thought it would be fitting to actually interview the first person that I interviewed almost, I think, about three years ago. Um, her friends and family uh, referred to her as, as Tweet, um, which I asked her about. I think I asked her the first time, but I just just to refresh my memory. Um, uh, but her name is, is it Alicia Freeman. Alicia Hatcher Freeman. Um, made, wanted to make sure I got her name right because she's uh, doing big things now. Um, but uh, Alicia, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you for sharing your story uh, the first time around. Um, I didn't really know how things were going to go when I first email, uh, interviewed you, but there have been interviews since then where I'm sitting down and I'm listening to people like, number one, do not cry. Just, just listen. And <laughs> cause it's, it's very, it's very heartwarming. And I guess what really caught my attention was you were here and now you were there at that beginning point of your life. And now you're here. And I was just like, wow, you know, everything that you had gone through up until that point. So, yeah. uh, but now, uh, a couple of years have passed and I can only imagine everything that you've accomplished since that first interview. So, yeah, <laughs> I know it's a lot. It has been. <laughs> but I wanted to tell you, like, I really appreciate you giving me the call to even do the 100th episode. Like, this is so exciting. Like, when I, I was sitting here thinking earlier, I was like, it has really, I was trying to calculate the years. I was like, how long ago was that? Because I was still at AU. And then <laughs> when you say it was almost three years ago, like that three years was, it, it feel like it was 
so long ago because of like the current circumstances. Yeah. But I mean, that went by fast. Like, and to see where you are with the glory in our stories is just like beautiful to me. It's like listening to so many people's stories and being one of those people selected to tell mine. Like, I really appreciate it. And I'm thankful for what you're doing, not only just for, you know, your business, but just as you you created a platform to give people the chance to have a voice and to discuss things that maybe they haven't been able to talk about or get through things after having a conversation with you. So I really appreciate you because I've really gotten a lot further when I look back on the last conversation that we had. So. I appreciate you, Calvin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no problem, no problem. Um, well, I guess because um, I'm the first conversation we had, you, know, you talked about your childhood and your upbringing mm-hmm. and um, everything that you went through uh, going through foster care, and um, I've come in contact with some people um, that have actually not only been within the system but are now on the outside helping people come through. And how how important that process is. Yes. Um, the the privilege of still having family despite mm-hmm. all that field of uncertainty. And uh, I think you also mentioned being introduced to a sibling for the first time about a couple yes. of years ago. So yes, I, I think that was like right after our like right during I was looking for her during yeah. our discussion, and maybe like a couple of weeks later, I found her in Augusta. <laughs> So how did that, I'm not sure if we discussed it or, but so how did that go? How is that going since then? So, um, it's been, it's been pretty good. I still talk to her. Um, she's still with her family in Augusta. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 19 now. I think when, well, actually, yeah, she was almost 17, I think. Almost 17 when we first met. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been interesting. It, she looks just like me, which yeah. is so weird. Like, I, um... I pride myself in trying to have like a really strong relationship with all of my siblings, mm-hmm. um, especially my sisters. And she has a little girl now, so I have another niece <laughs> <laughs> that I get to spoil because <laughs> wow. I treat them like they're my own. Yeah. But it it was it was a transition um, because I could see the things that, and I still see now things that she may struggle with. You know just from being in foster care and the things that she had to go through. Like, I don't wish it on anyone. Like, to know her struggle is just, like, to see where you are now and you being a mother and trying to be the best mother you can be, like, to your daughter. Like, Mm -hmm. I just enjoy being able to share that with them. And I'm happy that we were able to get... reintroduced i'm still looking look now i'm in the point where we're looking for my brother wow (laughs) but he's i think he just turned 18 so hopefully we'll get connected yeah um so your brother y'all you've met him before you just haven't seen him at all so i this one he was two or he was no i take that back he was almost two he was like one inch because i think um my sister was two going on three and he was one going on two. So, mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen him since then. Wow. So that's like a longer period. Um, but yeah, cause my 16th foster care birthday is this August. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> and thank you. And it was like, so I got adopted then, but we stopped seeing them like two years into foster care. So I hadn't seen him probably since 2001. 
Man, it's a long time. Very long time. I, I don't even know if I would know what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and like the the reality of not even knowing that you probably crossed paths with him or even spoke to him. You know, it's, and you it's know. weird. I think he used to stay down the street from me when I lived in Augusta. <laughs> but I, the families wouldn't let us cross paths. I think they, they were just going to wait for him to turn 18 to figure it out on his own. Like I said, he had a lot of stuff going on. Him and my sister because they got separated. Yeah. Um, after they were abused in their home. So it was just mm. like, yeah, we'll see. Look, <laughs> I'm praying for the best. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching, um, what's her name? Tisha Campbell on, I think it was The View. Was it The View? It was one of those daytime shows. And they had a guest come on. And this guest was talking about, um, yeah, like my family. She had no idea what was going on. And she was like, yeah, my family was this and this and this. And I, I was told I had a sister and I just, you know, I haven't met her. And Tisha Campbell looked at her and said, um, she said, some, some said, I'm, I'm your sister. And she was oh like, yeah. And she was like, what? So at that moment, this woman met Tisha Campbell, who was her half sister, I think. And Tisha Campbell met her for the first time on the show. That is so powerful. Like, it yeah. gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, because obviously, like, you, you should see the expression on her face. She was like, no, nah, this, what? So, apparently, Tisha Campbell had been looking for her for a long time. Because she was told about this young baby that she never, I think, got a chance to meet. And that's been circulating in the family because I think she was, um, I think she was adopted. And at that moment, she, I guess she looked her up, brought her on the show, and then introduced herself. Oh my God, that's beautiful! It's been so I've seen so many celebrities here, you know, recently that's come out to tell their stories based off of like what their experience was if they uh, were in foster care or if they had siblings that actually went through the system. So, yeah. oh my gosh, that's beautiful though. It, it's scary whenever you're in that situation and you, you, cause you don't really know. You don't mm-hmm. know if it's real. And then it's just like, okay, this is real. Especially if they look just like you. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess at that point, it's like you're looking in the mirror and you're like, mm-hmm. wow. Um, my 16-year-old self looking at myself. <laughs> So uh, I, I would ask you this question before we move on. So what effect is this pandemic having on the foster care system? Like, cause I, cause there was a lot of things. I took a just a small course on social work, and he mentioned something that has been t- I it was totally over my head because it's not a part of my reality. He was like, since this pandemic has happened, a lot of kids within the system are being deprived of something because it's not as accessible so what what effects have you noticed within the foster care system since this happened so the things that i've noticed and why i really want to become active or more active here in texas is that so many kids are not getting into homes the group homes around here are overcrowded meaning Mm -hmm. like there's literally no place for a majority of these kids to go and lay their heads so they're just piling them in some foster parents' houses. And it's just like, it's not really safe because you can't really tend to each child if you have five foster kids and you've always only cared for one or yeah. two. Like, how do you really, how are you capable of 
providing for this many kids, especially like with the government funding is like at its lowest. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so sad. You can't, they, I know one of my friends, um, she's, she has her business, uh, Gillian and company in Savannah. Mm-hmm. It's like just watching them and having to reach out to the community just to get care packages for the kids that they're trying to house. It's just like, you have to really get involved in the community to, to be able to provide like the smallest necessity for them. Like, you know, if it's toothbrush, toothpaste, um, deodorant, like, a lot of the kids aren't even capable of getting that right now because there's not a lot of money coming in or not not enough resources yeah. provided to the DFAC centers, the um, group homes or anything like that. Like they just don't have the amount of resources that they would have had like before this pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's just scarce. So it's scary at some of the situations these kids are being put in. Like I was just talking to my aunt and my cousin. They had sent me a screenshot of the cutest little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like on the adopt for adopt kids like dot org website, and looking at them is just like if you're not under the age of ten, most families will try to like most foster parents will try to separate siblings because of them being a teenager. So. Oh it's more crucial now because it's just like okay you're you're almost teenager you can kind of think for yourself if you look like if you're looking at the kid they're gonna be more drawn to someone under 10 to help to try to help provide them with something and then just throw the other one in the group home hmm. which now they are very limited they're they nine times out of ten are going to be fighting over the smaller things that come inside of the group home that they all have to share and you're just like you've got to be kidding me like (laughs) why is this why is this like this and it breaks my heart so bad and that's why i was just like i'm pushing to do my event this year if i don't do it in texas it's definitely happening in georgia but i want to be able to do something to provide like care package resources just to go to some of these group homes and to some of these foster agencies around here because i know that some of these kids literally have nothing right now and I can only imagine what the holidays are like. Oh yeah, the uh, the scarcity in that, and because we were talking about that in class, on this in my social work class, mm-hmm. and even even going to a different area like the homeless um, population, <laughs> and even now like it's 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 freezing here in Georgia, like it's cold, and to imagine. Not only that, but to be trying to do whatever you can during the pandemic, not to to spread anything or not to put people in a compromising situation. But there are a lot there are a lot of things that we take for granted and being a child who doesn't have a consistent home, um, something that they can call theirs. You know, at some point (laughs) we were complaining, you know, about hand me downs. From my other siblings, and just imagine somebody who literally has no say so of what yeah. what's coming from any direction, let alone a child. Yeah. So um, it's sad. It's sad. It's depressing, and I, I think it it pains me <laughs> to see what's going on in the world and the government and how they're taking certain issues. And not really looking at how 
it's affecting everybody, especially the kids. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're adults. Like, <laughs> most of the things we can get through, the kids aren't going to know how to get through that without the proper guidance. So yeah. it's just like I, like you said, like with homelessness, a lot of those foster kids, a lot of those kids that are getting ready to age out of the system, they're about to be homeless because there's nothing out there for them or there's no guidance in the system <laughs> to really get them housing or to get them the things that they need to be prepared to to be an adult. So it's just like, it's, a, it's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do um, for yourself? Because I know it, being in a situation where you feel, especially being in having limited ability to do anything right now, mm-hmm. what do you do when you do feel helpless? Ooh, when I feel helpless, <laughs> like, and, and it's sad because I'll go and I'll be like reading up on these kids' stories, and they just sound like the most beautiful kids. It's just like I just wish someone would give them a chance. Yeah. And when I can't help. All I really do, Calvin, I pray. Like, I pray. I really pray to God, and I just ask, like, use me as a tool. Like, use me to be a blessing to anyone. Even if, like, if I see someone homeless on the street, everybody's just like, don't give them money, go buy them food. No, like, I'm going to give them money because I'm in an intersection where I can't turn around and give them food. I'm going to give them the money to go get it. So it's just like that from, from praying to counseling. Like, I have to have somebody to talk to. Because <laughs> it's just like, if I can't be physically of assistance, I can at least talk to somebody about it that can, you know, uh, it's confidential. Yeah. But we can have some off-the-record conversations where they can talk to the people that they might work with, like, inside of these foster care agencies or inside of these group homes and actually say, hey, like, what is an initiative that we can do together? just to provide resources, even if it's just like having a small fundraiser, like getting together like small things. And that's that's one of the things that I've been talking about, like with one of the groups um, that I'm in. I was telling them, hey, like I want to have a discussion on foster care because some girls in the group are interested in becoming foster parents. And I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have actually started talking in the group because typically I get real awkward in situations like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I started talking to her and She's on the on the way to becoming a foster parent, and she's here in Dallas. Yeah. And it's just like, that's one of my ways in. Like, me talking to you as, as you grow to become a foster parent, and me also getting connected with you and the organization that you work with to help be a resource for foster kids and to be like that voice for kids going into adoption or foster care or group homes, aging out, just give me the opportunity to be the voice and that's all I can do whenever I'm in a situation where I'm completely helpless. Yeah. And who other, who, who then who other to, uh, who better to ask and to get involved than somebody who actually experienced it. But you did tell, you said one word that's really important counseling, but, uh, <laughs> hold on to that. Of uh, those of you listening, uh, thank you for listening so far. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Yo, TGOS listeners, thank you so much for tuning in for the 100th episode of the Glory in Our Stories. 
Um, if you are interested in sharing your story, hit me up on Instagram. Um, you can find me under Mr. Pennywell, M-I-S-T-E-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L. This platform was created to allow people to share their journeys and their experiences uh, so that we will see just how different yet similar we all are. So, yeah, just hit me up. You all have a wonderful day and continue to tune in uh, for the latest episode of the Glory Not Stories. And now back to the episode. And welcome back to the latest episode of the Glory Not Stories. Um, Alicia just mentioned one word that really caught my attention, which was counseling. Um, Two of my friends mentioned that they were undergoing counseling, especially during all this that's been going on. Um, I realized recently that I need it. And I was telling Adrian that I believe that there is something in here that I am uh, subconsciously blocking. I don't know what it is, but I know it's something. And I actually believe it has to do a lot with um, obviously my childhood, but I, I don't. I don't know what it is. And I, I realized that it, it can happen, that you you can actually prevent yourself from having access to certain things inside of you. And you like, yo, I need to get to the center of this. But in the concept of counseling, do you, if you don't mind me asking, are you undergoing counseling right now? Yes. Yeah, so I um, had a counselor post, um, I would say, right before the holidays. I was seeing one counselor. And I'm in the process of getting a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, some things I just didn't agree with. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm in the process of finding a new one in my area. Um, but Has it been helping since you started? Oh, wow. Like, when I say I started counseling in August. No, I take that back. Yeah, it was like right before I moved into my new place. Mm-hmm. I started counseling. And when I say, it's like you just know that you need help. And when you realize that you need help instead of like, oh, well, I was a person that just did, I I would just outburst. Like if I get angry, I let it build up. Like I'll try to deal with it in that moment, but Mm -hmm. it's like I just let it build up, build up and build up and then I break. And that break could lead to me feeling suicidal or that break leads me to saying crazy stuff. And it was like, yeah, I, I need some guidance. So I reached out to the counselor and like the first session, I literally, to me, being able to talk to somebody that doesn't know anything about me Mm -hmm. provides a way for me to like fully open up. So and it it gives me the opportunity to discuss the things that have happened to me that I didn't agree with that has hurt me and like I've carried as a weight, but also the things that I've done to others. Mm that I've really caused some real pain. It's like I it gave me the outlet to be able to speak my truths and not feel judged by them. Yeah. So that first session, I felt like a whole weight was lifted off my shoulder, like a complete weight. It was just like one conversation. <laughs> and I hadn't <laughs> been in counseling since, I would say, probably 1920. Because yeah. I went to like from past relationships. And I've always found, like, peace in it. Like, I've enjoyed it because I've literally been in counseling all my entire life <laughs> because of foster <laughs> care. So that 
like that week, it was like, okay, I'm going to be meeting with and she, I, They gave me the, the option to either meet on a weekly basis or every two weeks. And I chose every two weeks because it wasn't like I was just like going through something mm-hmm. to where I need you right now. Yeah. <laughs> but me being able to open up on that bi-weekly basis, it just gave me like a mental peace. And it led me to love the parts about me that I hated the most. Mm. And let me be free about it. And it, it's actually been so beneficial in my relationship um, with Raul because it's, it, it's opened the door for me to be more vulnerable because I struggled with vulnerability mm. before I started back going to counseling. Yeah. And I knew that. It was just like the matter of when are you going to go talk to somebody to help you get through this. Mm. So, I uh, That was something recent that I decided that I would do regardless of who I'm talking to. Because then, obviously, you can't trust everyone. Right. Not just with your information, but with your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people will use that against you. Um, but just being honest, and no matter what comes your way, at least you know mm-hmm. that you are being honest with yourself. And for a long time, I was afraid of being vulnerable. Um, ex- uh, specifically with my dad. Because I did not trust him with how I felt Mm -hmm. and as I got older I realized just with him I had to start creating boundaries uh, to protect my sanity to protect uh, just me and I used to think there was something wrong with that because from the outside it looks like you're being mean looks like you're being but you're not you're protecting yourself and the whole idea of counseling and, and receiving therapy nowadays is highly needed very much needed and i realized that when i was younger my my therapy was mama and what a beautiful thing about mom was that she told us whatever you tell me does not leave this room and it never did so there's things about me and my sisters that when we would never know about each other because it it stays with mom but like you said it does help to have that outside ear somebody that has an objective point of view so is there anything that you have found? you don't have to say it if you don't want to but is there anything you found out about yourself uh that really blew your mind that you did not know prior to your session yes um counseling sessions let's see what didn't i know <laughs> <laughs> i think for the most part i well no i i didn't know like it's one thing to know that you struggle with vulnerability but it's another to really know your insecurities Mm, oh yeah (laughs) and I found out so many more insecurities that I have not so much just you know just personally but it all leads back to self love like Mm. it's like my insecurities and knowing how to love myself or knowing how to accept the person that I am because of who I am to others <laughs> yeah. like, and just realizing that Alicia you're not going to be able to have or be the you're not going to have that person that's going to be you like you have to give people the opportunity to be themselves like mm-hmm. you can't you can't tweak people like <laughs> and like I, I did learn that a lot about myself it's not that I try to change people it's just like with my insecurities I get so stuck on the potential mm. of people whether it's from a relationship standpoint from a friendship standpoint from a family standpoint (laughs) it's like 
I really saw that in myself. It's like I, I knew that I would fall for the potential of people all the time. Like, you know, I have the hopes that you're going to be the person that God put you here to be or, you know, that you would be a better individual. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I would be so blinded by me caring so much that I am, I'm an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> and learning that about myself is just like, that's when I knew I needed to make a change with Alicia is like, you're going to have to do something different because you can't keep enabling your siblings. You can't keep enabling like your relationships or your friendships because all it's going to do is lead you back to a place where you're no longer can be vulnerable because you can't even trust the people around you mm. because all you do, you're, you're only an escape, you know, an escape route for them. Not yeah. so much as a place of safety. You're only there to enable them. So that's my thing. Ooh, being able to realize that because that's a real insecurity for me. Yeah. And being um, self-love, man, that's mm-hmm. that was something that um, I forgot what I, I was, I, I think I did an episode about the art of, um, I think either self, man, I forgot the name of it, but it was about um, taking care of yourself. And that's one thing that I'm like, I'm reading uh, Commons, Let Love Have the Last Word, his memoir that he wrote. And man, it's it's so much different than what people are used to hearing in his music. Like he's, Common has always been this warm spirited person. Mm-hmm. But when he starts talking about his daughter, um, um, I think it's uh, Amoye, I think that's her name. And realizing that despite him being who he was always hustling always grinding there was still that relationship that he was his daughter was wanting from him and here this whole time you think i'm thinking i'm a a good dad i know i'm not a bad dad but you know but he was he had to listen to his daughter tell him about him and to hear somebody tell you that and they're like close to you you automatically want to get defensive, mm-hmm. but being in the, yes, but being in a position where you li- you have you have to listen, and that's something that I'm actually I've learned with with Adrian over the past years uh, was like she would tell me something and I you know I'm I'm getting I'm getting riled up and I'm just want to say something, <laughs> but I was like if you think about it, bro, she makes some she's making some good points because. She's seeing some things that you have been ignoring for a very long time. And that's like you hit the oh you hit the nail on the head right there. Like when I say that oh yeah. <laughs> Listening. It's like Alicia, you have to listen because I can be so reactive. Yeah. And it has allowed me to be more patient. Like counseling has definitely allowed me to be more patient and listen to what other people have to say. Like I appreciate everything that people have to say and I you know I'm typically really respectful but sometimes I can <laughs> automatically go into defense mode and it's just like did you hear anything that I just said yeah and it's like honestly I didn't because and then I forget what I even got mad about so it's just like <laughs> I should have just listened in the first place yeah because uh, at, at that point you start seeing red and you're like mm-hmm. oh but I I realized that when I get upset my verbiage just gets off and my reasoning goes out of the window. Mm-hmm. 
and I said, you know what? I can't, I can't respond to this right now. Right. I have to stay right here because if I go up, I'm going to be where you are, and we both just going to be some, some barking human beings. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have to remove myself from the situation, or I just tell them, look, I feel my, like I feel like I am boiling inside. Don't talk to me. Give me a second. I, I literally will shut myself in the room, listen to some music, maybe write, and then. You give me a few more minutes, and then maybe I can talk to you about this next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I used to be the type of person, I'm trying to get out of it, because I know it changes with some people. I want to solve whatever issue it is at that moment. Let's get it out of the way. But for some people, they like, you need to give me a day. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I learned that with Adrian, because when, before we got married, whenever we would have a disagreement, Something will happen. I'm like, no, we gon' And she was like, mm-mm. And I was like, mm-mm. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro, that? Let's solve this right now. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about it. And I am not that type of person. It's just like, if I talk about it right now, some things might be said that we don't need to. No. We, yeah. we could just wait. Let Just give me a little bit of time. <laughs> and then I eventually come around, but I need my time for sure. Yeah. Because, and, it, and it's funny because when we do that, and we're like, let's get it over. Honestly, if we wait just one day, we'll get to the meat of the problem and push all that fluff out of the way. And you like, you know yep. what? I thought about it and dang, you know, I was wrong for that. Right. Yes, because when we don't wait, we say some unnecessary stuff and then you have to go back and apologize for that unnecessary stuff. And then I got to be vulnerable again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Um yeah. But um, so, what have you been doing for yourself over the last three years? Like, um, I've seen you do uh, countless events. You know, obviously prior to COVID, everything was yep. just free flowing. But once that happened, I know everything just stopped. But I think obviously you're still baking, right? Sometimes, not as much here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's my thing. I love to bake. It gives me peace, but. I haven't done it a lot here. Um, I, I guess I've been recently, well, actually, the summer, I really dove into my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Freeman Project, of course, um, I think you've seen me post about it. Yeah. I really decided that I was going to go ahead and really make a business out of it. And then, you know, all the things happened. It was just like, oh, I've been, and I, th- I made a post on Facebook the other day, just you know, just an awareness post to let people, you know, appreciation awareness post <laughs> yeah. to let people know, like, I appreciate the support that I've gotten in the last um, six, five, six months um, because I was really hesitant to start my business mm-hmm. because I cared so much about what people thought or who was going to support me. Um, but a lot of that has changed thanks to counseling. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I've just been diving in my business. Um, I'm using the Freeman Project as a platform to not o- not only like use my creative skills, but to also be a voice for foster and adopted kids and just letting them know like we beat we can beat the odds. Like yeah. I beat the odds against me, so we can beat the odds together. So that's what I'm going to be using the Freeman Project for, and that's what I've really been working on. Other than Still working my regular nine to five job. Um, I recently took on a larger portfolio, so that's nice. going to be an interesting um, first quarter 
of this year, rather. Um, but other than that, I've just been diving. I've actually been reading. Um, I got Obama's book, and I have uh, Michelle Obama's book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I just wanted to, you know, start start back more intellectually involved with myself. Yeah. Um, and me reading is going to really help me do that. And plus, I want to learn some more words, add something to my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I've been doing, just creating over here or trying to create um, and working. Just trying to be known, getting get Alicia out there here yeah. in Texas for the most part. When I when I did heard that, um, that you were moving, I was yeah. like, man, she is really making some big steps and moving forward. That's it, it was rough. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was rough. The first two months of me being here, I caught my mom every day. Mm. My literally the day that I left, I caught my mom halfway to Mississippi and I said, I'm about to turn around. <laughs> like I can't do this. I cannot do this. I cannot move to another state. This is the dumbest decision I could have <laughs> ever made. Like I was it was I uh. cried. For a whole entire month. Mm. Then, once I started traveling with my business, like with not my business, with uh, my company, I was just like, "Oh, I'll be fine. I can come home <laughs> whenever." <laughs> I but it was rough. It was rough. That transition phase of never living out, like not being that close to my family, and me moving over a thousand miles away. Like I'm literally like four states over. <laughs> yeah. Just like how Alicia, like. You really took a leap. Like, you didn't take a baby step. You took a, you jumped. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been good. It's definitely, I've learned a lot about myself in that transition. Yeah. And what I'm actually capable of. That's what's up. Uh, Again, we're going to take another break right quick. Because there's a (laughs) subject that I wanted to touch base on. And and, um, concerning something you just said. As well as, obviously, our uh, central interest in Cobra Kai. Cause you mentioned the shirt. Cause I I've been wanting to talk to somebody about it. Cause I'm, I don't think Adrian cares. But <laughs> but uh, for those of you who are listening, stay tuned, and I'll be we'll be right back. Yo, what's up, people? Um, it's a new year. We got a new president. We got a new vice president. The vaccines are out. Stimulus checks are probably on their way. Uh, we're back at our jobs. Hopefully, everybody's wearing a mask. Hopefully, everybody's being considerate. What are your plans for 2021? If you haven't already, grab a planner. Uh, grab a, a planner app on your phone make plans for the future no the future is not certain um but god god's word does say a man makes his plans but god orders his steps so you have to make plans first before god orders your steps take that initiative so uh i guess my goal for this year is to fall forward as in if i'm gonna fall i rather fall forward, getting closer to where I want to be. And now, 
back to the episode. All right, and thank you all for uh, tuning back in. So we're going to close this episode out with our conversation on a, a neutral show that we obviously absolutely love. Uh, got introduced over the last few weeks. Because, again, it, it debuted on YouTube. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, man, was, uh, whatever. I don't think they're going to uh, do it right because, you know, the Karate Kid came back like in the 1980s. And those particular characters have not been reintroduced since then right. so but the the show we're talking about is uh cobra kai um what one thing before we say this i did want to say this that going back to when you were saying um because i heard a pastor talk about it is so easy for us to say you know what i don't want to do this mm-hmm. i'm not doing this and it, it's like an instant feeling of defeat but having someone who loves even somebody who loves you say, you know, I'm pretty certain she said, you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You got to keep that, going. That, that was my push. That's she. My mom really pushed me to say, like, you can't give up right now. Like you, you, you giving up is basically basically telling everybody else, like, I can't do this. And we all know what you're capable of doing. So you just get out there and do it, Alicia. Like, this is what my parents pretty much always tell me, in my own words. Yeah. <laughs> they say it a little bit differently. Uh, but, yeah. They were my push in getting settled here in Texas. Like, because I know that if I would, if they would have told me anything like, oh, you come home, I would have turned around. And thankfully, I don't have those type of parents that tell me to give up on anything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so true. And having having someone in your life that's able to remind you of that, mm-hmm. it's it's um it's very rewarding and it's comforting. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that, going mm-hmm. back to the show, uh, yeah. Alicia just asked me what I thought of the of the show. Now I watched the first first episode and I'm like, you know what? This ain't this ain't half bad. And then I got to the next, and I'm like, hold on. Like, they got all the characters, except for maybe one or two. I know, obviously, Mr. Miyagi's not on there. But I was like, they got everyone. Like, how did they... You get, you get episode three or four, you're just like, wait a minute. Man, and you just see people's faces popping up. And I'm like, but the emotional roller coaster that this movie has taken me on, this uh, series, because... I'm just so impressed how they were able to tie everything going on now to that very first film in like 84, 85. And I'm sitting there like, y'all, y'all done showed out. Mm-hmm. It gives me chills. Like, I literally have chills right now. It's oh. like, it, it's amazing because when I look at the different movies that have been remade, <laughs> the different shows that they yeah. try to do spin-off of, spin-offs of, and you're just like, that's just not the story. Like, that's just not doing it justice. Mm-mm. But Cobra Kai is really one of those shows that's doing justice yep. to Karate Kid. Like, mm. you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, the small stories yeah. within the big story. You're just like, was this really happening? Like, were there hints of this, like, in the actual movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we didn't know? But, oh my goodness. Like, to see that transition from over 20 years ago, almost. Almost 20 years, right? Uh, thirty actually, because because yeah. that came out when I was born. It's about thirty-five oh, yeah, years. I was like, yeah, I was in the nineties. 
I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, like, but the reality in the stories and how with some of those stories you can actually connect mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my God, like, that's my life or, uh, but I always think that my life is a movie, that <laughs> <laughs> but Cobra Kai is really, it, it is a really amazing series and I think people check it out if you haven't checked it out for sure, um, and I was also telling him about a show called In the Dark, and it really hits home with everything that's going on as well. Man, I think, uh, well, on Cobra Kai, who's your favorite character, if you can pick one? Mm, I don't know. They're <laughs> all like, <laughs> I feel like I can relate so much. Which is good, which is good on their part, be able to, to relate to most of, the, if not all the characters. Uh, Johnny. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, Let me see who I really feel like I relate the most to. I don't know because I love all of them. Like, because they all have like the seeing what they've all experienced. Like, it just draws you in. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. I'm crazy <laughs> over here. Like, I'm always horrible when it comes to like selecting my favorite character like mm-hmm. you ask me who my favorite character is in friends and i say all of them i don't have one because i feel like i relate to each and every one of them in some fashion or form <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah i don't know i'm gonna get back to you on that though because i'm uh, gonna ask Raul who his favorite character is <laughs> maybe that'll help me because <laughs> uh man the reason why i love a good redemption story like mm-hmm. When when somebody ha- lives long enough to experience grace and uh, and mercy, yes, um, to because uh, Johnny was a jerk. Yes, he was an a hole. But you never know what people going through. You don't. Have they they have experience exactly. And um, I learned that watching. Um, we'll we'll say this, and then we'll I we'll start closing down because we obviously. Can, Go on all day about this show, man. Um, when I watched Man of Steel, because I remember General Zod from like the eighties. Was they like nineteen? Yeah, about nineteen eighty. Because when that second one came out, I think it was the second one. General Zod dressed in all black, and he's telling Superman, "You will bow down to me." And all this, I'm like, "Whatever, you a tyrant. You don't you don't know what you're talking about. You're obviously the enemy." But after I saw why General Zod was the way that he was. I was like, dang, you know what? He, he makes a good point. I understand them. And what they did is they allowed us to understand why Johnny was the way that he was, why he looked up to his sensei. Yes. You know? I just, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so relatable. Then, like, you look at Moon and you just be like, oh, Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Like, yeah, all the characters have some very unique stories. And it's like you can realize a piece of your story in each one of each one of them, even if it's not the same experience. Yeah. So they did a great job with Cobra Kai. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm going to ask you just one last thing. If you did yeah. have, if you could select one actress or act- actor to play you in your story, who would it be? For sure, Viola Davis. Really? All day. Yes. Wow, yeah. I love she bad. Davis. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like, play me as a kid um you know what what's the little girl's name um that plays on blackish the 16 year old that's like got all these um awards i forgot her name i see her face in my head though but she played in um little oh yeah yeah yes her okay so she she could be like the mini me yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of her name she could be the mini me literally be out of two totally different they're on two totally different spectrums in the creative space yeah Issa Rae because I love her Mm, yeah or Viola Davis from a from a wisdom type standpoint like I love her as an actress Mm. but Issa Rae or um and like Viola Davis can be the older me and Issa Rae can be like the now me so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that I feel like those those three would be the people to tell my story yeah because I I feel like they would definitely do justice man Issa Rae um but she did in photograph that was man because I'm so used to seeing her like in in a comedic role Mm -hmm. but that was that was pretty good that was that was pretty dope she blew me away, like, cause part I I had I hadn't really known of her, mm-hmm. like, and then it was just like, oh my gosh, Issa Rae is me, especially after watching Insecure. I was like, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know they, yeah. you know her the the series is ending, I think this yeah. year. When yeah. I saw that, that broke my heart. That's a whole nother conversation. I was like, <laughs> why would you end on season five, like? Why? Like, mm. how can you break the storyline? There's still so much that can unravel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, things happen. I get it that they cut shows a lot of times, even though people love them. But, yeah, I don't know. Those three would be my people, though. Uh, man, Viola Davis, man. that Listening to her in her, in her interviews, I was like, man, you... In order, when you, and I've learned this, whenever you're about to enter a certain realm where a lot of stuff is happening if you are not solid in who you are mm-hmm. that is going to make you and it yep. is obvious that she knew who exactly who she was before she made it this big and mm-hmm. she just and she doesn't waver from it she doesn't she doesn't and i would like my main thing as to why i really like watch her mm-hmm. like like I studied her. Like I studied her. Like, <laughs> and when I watched her play in Fences, I was just like, "This is the strength." Like how they become the like how they become the actual person. Like yeah. how they change to be in that role. Like when I watch her. In everything that she plays in it's pure soul it's like she gives it everything in her and she don't let anybody take that away from her like yeah. <laughs> none of it like she is she is one powerful lady and I, I admire her strength this is like if anybody's gonna say who will like live Alicia's life it's gonna be Viola for sure <laughs> like I call her auntie I follow her on all platforms <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's what's up. Um, but Alicia, thank you uh, so much uh, for your time. Um, I was contemplating on interviewing you for this for the hundredth for for a couple of months, 
And I was like, man, wouldn't it be awesome to interview her after um, 100 episodes from the very first one? Like, when I had, all I had was my phone in a room. And I did not know that it will open a door for me to speak to even more people with vast backgrounds and personalities and experiences and a lot of heartbreaking things, but it didn't break them. Everybody that I've interviewed was not, thankfully, they weren't broken by what they went through. It actually made them stronger, created opportunities that obviously they didn't expect. Um, but yeah. my my interest is always seeing the middle because nobody sees it. Everybody sees you when you're where you are and they automatically assume, oh, she's this or he's that. But it's easy to say, well, you don't you don't know my story. Yeah. So it's easy yeah. for you to make that assumption. And you know, like I said earlier, I really appreciate you for this platform. Like what you're doing is great, Calvin. Like and I really hope that you continue this for many thirty fifty you know, however many more years to come. Like <laughs> <laughs> God willing, like I really pray that this really takes off and I mean, you're on your 100th episode, and it's an honor to be able to start with you mm. and to be at this mark, um, because I know that there's far greater things coming um, with your series. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have met with you today um, to discuss all the changes in the last three years. Maybe not all of them, but touch, you know, the, the main point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate it, um, because... You have definitely given me the platform to voice my story. And it has been amazing to hear the stories of others, especially when I probably passed these people so many times and wouldn't have never known anything that they've experienced mm-hmm. or their point of view on a lot of things going on. So, yeah, I really um, appreciate it and am very thankful. No, no problem. And thank you um, for the compliments and like like you said, as long as as long as God allows this, I'm just keep going. And you mentioned uh, the concept of being a vessel earlier, mm-hmm. being of service. That's obviously what we're all called called to do. Yep. And um, by doing that, we give other people the opportunity, or even the encouragement to do the same. Right. Um. So, uh, but for yes, uh, thank you all for listening so far. This is episode 100 uh, with Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. and Alicia Hatcher Freeman. Yo, thank you all for listening to the 100th episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Continue to tune in every other week for the next episode. Peace.